showtime. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. I'm Rosie DeSanctis, here with Bill Miller. Tonight, we have a very special announcement. Our guest is throwing his hat into the 2020 presidential election race, and he believes that we need to make America Italian again. Take this opportunity to let everybody in this room know that I'm running for president of the United States in 2020. And I feel that the microphone was sabotaged by somebody who want me to be the president. Because I would be the first Italian president running the country, and let me tell you what I would do. First of all, we need a guy like me, you understand? Nice Italian president. I'm gonna change the model from make America great again to make America Italian again. And if you want to live here, no problem. But you all got to say the same thing if you stay here. You don't know nothing, you didn't see nothing, you don't say nothing. That's enough. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, Jersey's bad boy of comedy, Mike Marino. Well, hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate that introduction. It sounded fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have you on the show, Mike. This is very exciting news. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. You know, Mike, I, I've got to tell you, we generally shy away from politics, but in this particular case, and uh, for our own personal safety, we've decided to make an exception. And we just want you to know right off the bat, um, <laughs> right from the start, we fully endorse and support your campaign and whatever else it is we need to do to remain safe, keep Vinny at bay, and of course, get you elected. And last but not least, you may have noticed I'm wearing my dad's tracksuit here to further show my support and solidarity for the Make America Italian Again movement. I appreciate that. I, if it wasn't so hot here in uh, the state of New Jersey, I'd have had my tracksuit on as well. <laughs> I actually have uh, old school sweatpants and sweatshirts that actually say Make America Italian Again. In fact, they're on sale. So let me know if you need one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll have my people follow up with your people after the show. Hey, that's a good present. Bill is having uh, shoulder surgery very soon, so maybe that's a good present for him for after when he can start working out again. And, you know, I've worn my I Love Italian Boy shirt in honor of your campaign and to endorse you as well. I love so, it. You look fantastic. All right. Why, thank you. Thank you. Right. thank you very much. So, Mike, first question, because it's a competitive field out there. Once elected, what... <laughs> Can the American people expect your first order of business to be? Well, you know, I really appreciate that. That's a very good question. And I'll tell you right now, if I really was president of the United States, first thing I'd do is I'd relocate the White House. It doesn't belong in Washington. We should move it here to New Jersey. I figure if it was here, who would know where we are? <laughs> That's true. That is very true. And what about, what's your policy on transparency? Well, I don't know anything about transparency, but I can tell you this. One of the first things I would do is I would say, listen, 
I'm president of the United States. You don't have to worry about nothing from now on. I got it. I ain't going to tweet. That's not what I do. I'm Italian. I don't want nobody to know what I'm thinking. And you don't follow me. I follow you. My platform's going to be you don't know nothing, you don't see nothing, and you don't say nothing. That's it. And don't got to worry about nothing from there. I'm not going to need four years. Three months will straighten out the entire country. I can't do four years. I'm busy. Well, well, you know, they usually talk about a president's first 100 days, so you don't even need the full 100 days. See? Wow. That's impressive. Now, Mike, I have to tell you, just from what you just said, I, I feel safer already. So I have to ask, how would your administration handle any threats to the United States? Oh, we got people. <laughs> you don't got to worry about nothing. I'll take care of it from here. I would, it would be so much fun if somebody asked me during a news conference, you know, they were like, hey, what happened with this? I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to need to know basis, huh? Yeah. We'll go to the airport. We'll start with the sign. You know the sign? If you see something, say something. No, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> well, what about your foreign policy? Well, you know, I, uh, I know a lot of people and uh, they know a lot of people who know people and we'll just keep the policy very foreign as we possibly can. I mean, some of these questions I don't really like to talk about, especially on a thing like Zoom, because a lot of other people could be listening. Oh, okay. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe the press conferences that generally the president holds, you might shy away from that a little bit? Oh, no, I would definitely like to do a, uh, a debate if that's what you mean. I would definitely like to do debates. I don't like the way they do it. They make fun of each other while they're standing next to each other on national television. I think a person who should really just, who's running for a, uh, a position should just say what they're gonna do rather than make fun of people around them. Just let's know what you're gonna do. Because I'll tell you right now, if anybody on television made fun of me while we were debating, I'd have to say to the master of ceremonies, go to a commercial break. Then when we come back from break, you won't be able to find the other guys anywhere. Then they'll ask me what happened. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but they're gone now and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so, so Mike, it sounds like your responses in a debate would pretty much be commercial breaks. Well, you know, when you go to a commercial break, that's when you can have a little chit chat with your fellow entertainers or uh, politicians, <laughs> straighten them out come back from break, they're not there. Who's to say what happened? Maybe they had to go, maybe they went. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us an example, Mike? Say uh, years ago, there was this big search for Osama bin Laden. I mean, years, oh, yeah. years it took to find this man. How would you have handled that, say, differently? Well, you know, I thought it was a waste of time and a waste of money that we sent the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, everybody went out there. If I was running the country, two times from Jersey, be back in 24 hours. They'd walk right into his cave, they'd have sat him down and be like, hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm a little annoyed I had to get up early to come here. You know how far you live from New Jersey? Then they'd take him out, and that'd be that. And they'd come back home. People would ask what happened. Well, don't worry about it. You just go enjoy the gas prices at 32 cents a gallon. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. Have you thought about who might be in your cabinet? Oh, sure. I know everybody that I want in my cabinet. You know, I got Anthony, Nikki, Joey, Tony, Salvi, downtown Ronnie. Uh, I think even my mother would be great. You know, 
should be there with a bowl of macaroni, spoon, telling everybody, got to eat. Got to eat. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned your mother. I have to say, a little bit off track here, um, I heard that she came out to visit you when you lived in California. I lived there for 10 years. My family never came out to see me. So what kind of fun things did you do while she was out there? For the longest time, my mother didn't want to come and visit me in California. They didn't want to fly. So a lot of people would ask me where I was getting all this great Italian food, because I always used to have good Italian food when I was in California. So my mother used to mail it to me. This is one of the things I didn't tell you. My mother used to mail me. <laughs> well, we said it was gravy. A lot of people like to say sauce. I say my gravy. Mother, I say gravy. So my mother would make meatballs, brajols, sausages, make it in really thick homemade gravy and freeze it, wrap it in a towel, a dirty dish towel from the sink, <laughs> and put in some macaroni boxes from Ronzoni, and she'd overnight it to me. And by the time it got to me, it was defrosted, so all I had to do was heat it. And then I boil the water, make the macaroni, and people come over my house and be like, man, you're an unbelievable cook. I'm like, and you're the best of the best. And you know, it's really funny. I mean, I, that's in the 80s, the 90s, when my mother was doing that. And you think about it. How'd she figure out how to make that happen overnight at a time where there was no such thing as Amazon and, and craziness like that? It was expensive to do it. But she oh, yeah. found a way to do it. She'd freeze it to death. And they came overnight just ready to roll. But, um, yeah, she came to visit the one time. She wanted to go on a family feud. And I said to her, you know, you can't because they don't let us Italians go on game shows because, you know, we'd beat the crap out of each other during the commercial breaks. <laughs> I mean, I could just imagine my family getting on the show you know, they, they give us a question and we give an answer. And they, you know, they usually go, good answer, good answer. You just imagine my father and somebody in my family gave a bad answer. He'd be like, hey, what the hell's the matter with you, stupid? <laughs> it's not going to be up on a board. And we're like, you know what? Go to a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> we come back from commercial break. We'll be like, hey, we win. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> Something happened. You just imagine them. My father would actually say to the host, hey, listen, you know what? Ask my mother the question again. She wasn't ready. <laughs> she wasn't ready. Yeah, they were pretty from. kissy feely on that show too. Yeah, right. That was back when Richard Dawson was. Yeah, there. he was crazy. Imagine that, Mr. Dawson. You ever kiss my wife again? I'm gonna slap you right back in the Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the good old days. I don't know if you remember. Richard Dawson used to drink. I think he was wasted when he was hosting the show. <laughs> That's why he was kissing everybody. That's really what was going on. The guy was loaded. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know that. He, was, uh, he hit the bottle before the shows. <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he definitely, like Rosie said, he was, he was very touchy-feely from the, from the minute the show started. That's for sure. <laughs> he kissed everybody on the, in the family on the mouth. Yeah. Imagine doing that now. <laughs> if they sue him. <laughs> hey, he tried to kiss my wife. He was just being friendly. Yeah. Well, so now, now you couldn't do anything like that because of what we're going through in the world. When I came back to New Jersey, everybody's saying, you know, you got to social distance, social distance. I says, I'm from New Jersey. We social distance since I'm a kid. It's called get away from me. <laughs> Why are you so close to me? Get out of here. <laughs> Come near me. <laughs> If I can smell your breath, you're way too close. 
brush your teeth. Uh, <laughs> I guess the one good thing is for, for some people, it's probably a benefit that they have to wear a mask. So that can help. Be. There's a lot of people out there with bad breath. They don't like to admit it. Always made me wonder why people with bad breath don't know they have it. The bad breath is in your mouth. Can't you taste it? I mean, we get up in the morning, you go for a cup of coffee, you got your mask on, you smell your night breath. So why don't other people know? And it's always the people with the worst breath feel the need to tell you a secret. Drives me nuts. <laughs> have somebody with bad breath tell you a secret, like, hey, I got a secret. You're like, nah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So all the time they're talking, you start thinking weird things, like maybe their bad breath will stick in your shirt. And then you go walk around and somebody says, hey, your, your shirt stinks. I'm like, yeah, he's got bad breath. <laughs> I talked to a guy once, his breath was so bad, it went in my nose and came out my mouth. <laughs> I said, you got bad breath. He goes, so do you. I'm like, it's not mine, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true though, Mike. I mean, people, they're, they seem to be the close talkers. You're right, they do. They always have the secret. They got to, well, don't tell anybody, but. Yeah. And you I, walk promise, I promise, don't even tell me. That's why I breathe in from other directions. You ever do that? Yes. Like, hey, how are you? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> good. Really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. And then you, then you don't breathe through your nose sometimes either. Yes, you hold it's your breath. Mouth breathing, yeah. Start going like this. <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn from watching the Rosie and Bill show—that <laughs> should be a good, good educational show. Yeah, try to be classy when you talk to others. Like, have a mint. Yeah, you ever offer somebody a mint and they look at you and they go, "No," and you're like, "Please, <laughs> it's not that I got too many. You need the mint." Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we found one one. One extra positive thing about the mask, right? In addition to keeping us safe, they also can maybe save us from some bad breath or at least help people know that they got it. That's right. <laughs> Mike, we understand you have a great mask. Let's see your mask. You know, some people have been sending some masks to me and I've been having a lot of fun with this one. I think this is really cool and this is really exciting. It says, make America Italian again, MikeMarino.net. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> I do. That came to me from a friend. She has a, uh, a clothing line called Skirtsophrenic. Skirtsophrenic. And she makes these really cool things, you know, um, out of uh, denim and stuff like that. So recently when the pandemic hit, she sent me these. And they all say, make America Italian again. And they're just cool, fun stuff. <laughs> That's terrific. Isn't this cool? Look. <clears throat> And I wore this for a little while, too. <laughs> and then I figured I'll come out with my own, and I do sell these at MikeMarino.net. This is the Mike Marino uh -huh. mask. Make America Italian again. Yeah. You don't know nothing, you don't see nothing, you don't say nothing. That's America. <laughs> they, they're washable, and they come in different colors. <laughs> and they'll protect you from bad breath. <laughs> yeah, <you> come. <laughs> they come in white. I was wearing a white one on a Sunday, which was not a good idea because I had some spaghetti with, with some sauce and then all of a sudden it was red in there and I'm like, oh no, what happened? Get it? 
Get it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what. If it's okay with you, uh, we're, we'd like to take just a quick break because we're going to bring out our health and fitness guru who happens to also be Italian. She makes fitness great again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for 60 Seconds with Coach Lombardi. Thanks, guys. Coach Lombardi here, coming to you from my home base in sunny California. I think you're going to like what I have to tell you today. How would you feel about having cookies for breakfast? Well, with just four simple ingredients, you can get a great tasting cookie that's full of fiber, vitamins, minerals, and best of all, protein. So here's the recipe. First, preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Grab two ripe bananas, one cup of uncooked certified gluten-free oats, a quarter cup of certified gluten-free chocolate chips, and four scoops of vital protein powder. Combine the mashed bananas and the oats in a bowl, Fold in your chocolate chips and vital protein, and you're ready to go. Using a tablespoon, scoop out the dough and place them two inches apart on a nonstick baking sheet. Bake for 15 minutes and you're ready. It makes eight servings, and a serving is two cookies. You'll get a whopping five grams of protein per serving, 18 carbs, and only two grams of sugar, and only 96 calories. I'm Coach Lombardi for the Rosie and Bill Show. Thanks so much, Coach. As always, great tip. Mike, now we understand that in addition to being a comedian, you've also studied acting. You studied in New York. You've done, gosh, hundreds of commercials. You've done television, film. And I saw on your resume that you actually appeared in one of my favorite sitcoms, which is now in syndication, Frasier. What awesome. did you do on that show? It's funny you should mention that. Um, I never wanted to be a comedian. I didn't set out to be a comedy guru or a stand-up. I just wanted to be an actor since I'm a child. I've been in Screen Actors Guild since I'm 12 years old. In fact, I do collecting, uh, collectibles. I have collectibles all around my house. So... I keep every script I've ever done, every audition I've ever gone on, and I liked it. And when I first moved to California, I would send it home to my mom to say, hey, look what I'm doing. So when I came to New Jersey and I go through archives that I sent to my mom with all the letters, I have everything, or should I say she kept everything. So I just found the scheduling of, let's say, when I went on Party of Five, when I went on Frasier, all the times I did The Tonight Show, I have it. So when I went on Frasier, it was just to be on for like three episodes. And uh, I played a cop and, you know, you pull somebody over or whatever the situation was for the jokes. But I actually have the script and the audition sides for the show. So obviously you have the audition sides before you get the booking and then you get the booking. And at that time, there was no such thing as the computer, quite honestly. So you got it in the mail. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes. You send them the script over. Remember they had like a person brought it to you. I forgot what it was called, but a person actually brought you the script. Like a courier or something. Yeah, like a courier. Yeah, but it was, they called it something. I don't remember what it was, but I actually found 
everything from when I went on soap operas that don't exist anymore, like Ryan's Hope and I don't know, Search for Tomorrow. I always had some soap opera work in a weird way. And then I found besides that I went on um, As the World Turns, and that was the last time I was on the soap, but I went on for eight months and all my scenes were with Marissa Tomei never even thinking she's going to become some big Oscar winner. It's like this 19 year old girl on a, on a soap opera. And I was like around 22 and I was more interested going, we need to get to Hollywood. <laughs> it's an amazing. Wow. I found my first um, appearance on a comedy talk show as a comedian was the Martin Short show. And the other person performing on the show was Phyllis Diller. <gasps> wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I found the, um, the scheduling, the paperwork. And also this other guy, I forgot his name, but he had just got on The Sopranos. And he was doing episodes with The Sopranos. Um, pretty interesting. If I could turn around real quick, I could show you something that's really wild. Sure, sure, definitely. I think that person that you were referring to, maybe they were called a page. Were that was was that what they were maybe. called? That they maybe. delivered things. I think, I think they were kind of the gophers. They brought the script to your house. The well, first time I went on a Tonight Show, they give you this for your door, your dressing room door. But I went on the Tonight Show as a sketch comedian, not a stand-up comedian, and I ended up being on the show hundreds and hundreds of times. <gasps> So I would always take the door, the, the, the dressing room door sign, and I made them coasters at my bar for my show, live from my mother's basement. So it's now a coaster. But this That's was with Jay Leno. There's hundreds of them. <laughs> wow. Well, wait a minute, you, you copied them. You copied them. No, I took them every time I was on the show. You were on hundreds of times? Yeah, I was on for 10 years. Oh my gosh. This is all my Screen Actors Guild cards. I keep them to get like two a year. So it goes all the way back to 86. Wow, I don't keep mine. Like I, yeah, I, I, I like to collect. I keep a lot of things, but I don't keep them. I like collecting things, it's nostalgic. I didn't think I would be the nostalgic one. Oh wait, one, this, one, but. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. My first headshot. <gasps> Well, actually, it's not my first headshot, no. No, because I was in junior high. Okay, so this is the first professional headshot. But you grew up in Jersey, so you were going to New York to do? to do. Yeah, I lived 25 minutes outside of the city. Okay. So like everybody else in New Jersey, who's basically on the border of the Lincoln Tunnel, you jumped on the bus and you went into the city. Um, Jersey City is where I was born. You were there in five minutes. Yeah. So you could be a child and go into the city. At that time, you weren't really thinking you were going into the Big Apple. You thought, well, I'm just taking the train. If, if you can understand what I'm saying. We're almost one of the same. New York, New Jersey, we're right there. You right. go under the water or over the water and you're in the other, you're in the other state. So you never really thought of it as another state. I understand. Yeah, that's the way it is with us in like Delaware and and even Jer in South Jersey. Yeah. South Jersey's your Eagles fans and then Central and North Jersey's your Giants fans. I think that's the the difference in Jersey. 
<laughs> yeah, might even be where they started going sauce and gravy, yeah. pork roll and tail of ham. Well, but we're Philly is gravy and South Jersey is generally gravy. So it's interesting that you're gravy being kind of North Jersey. My mother said gravy. My mother's from Italy and uh, she used to say it all the time. There's meat in the sauce, it's gravy. If there's no meat in the sauce, it's sauce or marinara. So we, we called everything gravy. I didn't know until I was in college. Everything was macaroni, gravy, or even spaghetti or the homemades, you know. But I didn't know, I'd never heard the word pasta until I was in college. I know that's weird, but we didn't call it that. Yeah, I didn't say pasta till I moved to California. Right. And people would say to me, you want to go get some pasta? And I said, what is that? <laughs> You mean Ronzoni number nine? <laughs> number nines. <laughs> we said spaghetti, yeah. or macaroni, ravioli. Yep. yep, definitely. But pasta is really famous amongst some true uh, off-the-boat Italians. They will say pasta. Avast. <laughs> right. I think it's it's kind of more became a regional thing. It's definitely a regional thing because my mother speaks with a certain dialect. And so did I from her dialect. So when I went to Italy and I was in Rome and I was speaking my mother's dialect, people told me, just speak English. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Where is she from? Where was her? Capobasso. I'm a Brutese. Okay. All right. Because I know my grandmother was Sicilian and that's a completely different dialect. My other grandmother was from Rome. So it was like she spoke the standard Italian and it's very different, as you said. Well, hey, I think that's fantastic. At least we know a little bit about our culture from back in the day. I actually have a lot of my mom's stuff here in this house. This is the house that I grew up in. I bought it from my mom and dad about maybe 15 years ago, and I live here now, and uh, I like it. I still have my place in Los Angeles. Hopefully, when the pandemic's over or whatever is yet to come, I can go back and forth like I was. I, was, I love touring. I love performing, and I love... Uh, you know, maybe becoming president of the United States might not be such a bad idea. I know what to do. I'll make people happy. I'm like, you want to know what happened in North Korea when we went to go talk to the guy about the thing? <laughs> well, here's what happened. We went out there to talk to him, you know, shut him down, this and that, and pop, pop, pop. We were talking, you know, we brought him a calzone. We're not stupid. We ain't gonna go out and be handy. What do you think we are? <laughs> we were talking to him, and then, uh, I don't know what happened. But he's gone now. And there's nothing you can do about that. see you right now is there, is there a way where they can enjoy what you're doing other than seeing you here on our show yeah my youtube channel is doing really well there's a lot of funny clips up there my youtube channel is uh mike marino live on youtube so youtube forward slash mike marino live and i have a web series called marino 2016 make america italian again and it's really really funny we did 18 episodes Great producing team, great directing team. Everybody's fantastic. The actors, the comedians, the kids. It's, it's really, really well done. And if, if it doesn't make you laugh, I don't know what will. Because it's tongue-in-cheek, very slapstick, over the top, and, and funny. 
And also on my YouTube channel, you can watch episodes of my podcast live from my mother's basement, which we film here in the real house. And there really is a basement from back in the day with all, all uh, furniture from the 50s and the 40s and the bar is from the 1940s. And I try to make everything lighthearted and fun. I also started a new thing because during the quarantine, we couldn't have uh, other actors in the same room with you. So I created a, a little thing called my fake news family. Fake news family. And I play all the characters. There's my uncle Tommy, uh, my cousin Michelle, and uh, my cousin Mooney, who's from the beach. One other thing I wanted to run by you, because this is an idea I had. Uh, you know how there's the, um, the, the singing group, the three tenors? Yeah. I was thinking, what if there was you, Sebastian Maniscalco, and Dom Irera, the three paisans, and you guys toured the country? What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that would be great. I've worked with both of those guys many, many times. Dom Irera is a legend in stand-up comedy. Sebastian Maniscalco is uh, just out of control. He really went through the universe. I started stand-up with Sebastian Maniscalco when we were going to the comedy store back in the 90s. Him being from Chicago, I was from Jersey, Don Marrera is from New York. Uh, we used to work with Andrew Dice Clay, who, who actually is Jewish, his last name is Silverstein, and uh, many other comedians. And uh, even Vic DiBattetto would be a great choice. Uh, I love Vic, I think he's great. But um, I'm hoping that when the pandemic comes to an end, and hopefully it does soon, that uh, the three of us, the four of us, will be too busy to be performing with each other. There you go. Because so many people are going to want to go out and enjoy a show that we're going to have to spread out around the world, hopefully. Yes, we hope so, too. That would be just amazing. We would be so grateful. I'd like to share the stage again with Trey Bella. I was just going to say, yes, we, 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 have to, we have to do that. And if you are elected as the Italian president, we will sing at your inaugural ball. There you go. <laughs> and my inaugural speech will be a stand-up routine. <laughs> That's right. So, Mike, one other thing I just wanted to say. Um, I noticed that you won an award, you won a USO Bob Hope Comedy Award for your service and performances for the military. What did that mean to you? This is the Oscar for stand-up. It looks like wow. Bob Hope. It does. It's supposed to be Bob Hope. That was what you won, that's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know how many years ago this was, but they, uh, the Laugh Factory in Hollywood decided to award some comedians uh, an Oscar. And this is the Bobby, the Bobby Hope, Bob Hope Award for all the USO comedy tours that we've done around the world, like in Kosovo, Macedonia, um, Afghanistan, Kuwait back in the day, Japan. I did many, 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 just like he did when he went with the singers and everybody. So we started to get these awards. So this is the USO Comedy Tour Award for Comedians in the shape of Bob Hope. And uh, I was happy to get one. It's one of the first of five, I believe, to get it. Maybe it was six years ago. Wow. That's an honor. Yeah. And I was at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, California. Congratulations. That, that is absolutely amazing. Being a true Italian, I actually steal my own marquees. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> when the show's over at two o'clock in the morning and everybody goes to bed, I go take down the marquee. See it? <laughs> yes. They're all over the house. <laughs> I had a guy once cleaning up the Paramount in Asbury Park, and he goes, what do you think you're doing? I'm like, I'm taking the marquee. He goes, you can't do that. That belongs to Mike Marino. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you didn't steal it. You reallocated it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I stole it. <laughs> Those things cost a lot of money. <laughs> they do. Mike, I have to tell you, it has been such a treat and such a pleasure having you on the show. We, we really appreciate it. You know, you coming on with us and, and making us laugh. And, you know, you said something a couple minutes ago that I think is so true. And that's when things do open up, and, and hopefully it is soon, I think the world collectively is going to need lots of laughs. And I look forward to you bringing them to the folks. That's right. Go to MikeMarino.net, log on, subscribe. I send out a newsletter every Wednesday. My social media is at Mike Marino Live on everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Live, all kinds of great stuff. It's very easy to log on. I've got a couple of clips that hit some big, big numbers, and I guarantee I'll make you laugh. And if you write to me, I'll send you out some swag. Well, you heard it right here, folks, on the Rosie and Bill Show. Check out Mike Marino, because we all could use a good laugh. Mike, I, uh, I say something each week to end the show, but in honor of you, I'm going to do it a little bit differently this week. And make sure Vinny knows that I did this in case he's waiting outside for me in the parking lot with a bat, okay? Um, folks, make a difference for someone every day. And make America Italian again. Understand? Vinny! <laughs> Hit him with the bat. Come on, people, you wanna talk about discrimination? Whenever the Italians are on television or in the movies, what do they make us play? Mafia. That's discrimination against the Italians. And all I ever wanted to play was a mob boss in a mob movie. And I've been in two of them. And in both of them, I was the Irish cop that got whacked in the first 60 seconds. <laughs> Put the Italians on some better shows. You guys remember the movie The Sixth Sense? That would have been a good place for an Italian actor. Because that little kid would have been considered a rat. About it, he'd be like, I see dead people. Like, Shut the fuck up, you don't see nobody. <laughs> you buried them good. <laughs>